made it to the Sweet 16, everyone, and there's plenty of Cinderella so far as four double-digit seeds have advanced to play this coming weekend. But even with all the upsets, three of the four number one seeds still remain. So are any of these Cinderella's going to break into the party at the Final Four? We will tell you tonight. Welcome to Father, Son, and Holy Sport. I'm G-Man from Ohio. That's T-Money there from San Francisco. What's up, T? What's going on, G-Man? Fun weekend. <laughs> Just came back from Ohio and surprised G. Flew in. Yes. And I had a good time. Watched some March Madness, but back on the West Coast now to do my Pac-12 digging after what was an awesome weekend for them. Excited to talk some basketball. Yeah, yeah. You're coming from the exciting part of the country there in the Pac-12 where they know how to play March Madness basketball. Yes, that is for sure. That is for sure. They have surprised a lot of people, and that's because there was a hell of a lot of upsets this tournament. Yes, there were. We There's been 12 upsets, which are defined as, as, you, as, as we've talked about, five spots lower than your opponent as an upset. You got to be five spots lower. There's yep. been 12 of those. But that's one yeah. shy of the tournament record set in 1985 and equal yes. in 2014. So there has been upsets like this before. So I, the, the way to frame this is the most through Sweet 16 at the moment. So there are still capabilities to beat this in the entire tournament if we have a Cinderella run. But through Sweet 16, 12 upsets, 5C difference most ever. So it's been an exciting tournament. I mean, it's been amazing to watch. It has been fun so to watch. Much fun. You know, 14 or 13 seeds, 15 seeds, bunch of double digits. UCLA coming from the play-in game, double digit seed. I mean, it's just been so fun. Um, but the one I feel like we really got to talk about is that Oral Roberts win over Ohio State. 15 seed beating a two seed does not happen a lot. And they actually make it to the Sweet 16 now as a 15 seed. Second ever to do it. Remember, Dunk City back in the day from Florida Gulf Coast. That's right. Florida Gulf Coast was the first in 2013 to reach the Sweet 16 as oh. that 15 seed. Yeah, you're right. And Oral Roberts, I mean, who knows where Oral Roberts is even at? I mean, how does this know. team get by our Buckeyes? I mean, it's over for them, though. I'll tell you that. They are not going to beat Arkansas. They're 11 and a half point underdogs and it's good night old Roberts. And don't you ever beat our Buckeyes again. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad <laughs> man. I, I mean, that was a bad look. That was a the first start to a what was a bad weekend for the Big Ten. But man, the Buckeyes, I mean, what the hell happened? I, I mean, Ohio State should have won this thing easy. But I know you're liking Arkansas, but don't sleep on these guys. Ah, the top no Roberts, okay, they have Abrams, who's one of the highest scorers in the nation. He averages almost 25 points a game. And then they got a beast in the middle who averages 19 and 10. Don't sleep on these guys. Surprisingly, they are a very, very good team and very well coached. So they're going to give Arkansas a run for their money, I think. Well, anything can happen. Anything can happen. But right now, yeah, the, the, there's three number one seeds, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, that are all, if you look at the odds to win the tournament on DraftKings, those three are the top three. So we still got those number one seeds out there. And the fourth uh, favorite to win the tournament is the two seed. That's Houston. So still all those favorites kind of hanging out there. 
could it be, you know, an all one, two seed final? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see now don't sleep on Loyola uh, right after they won. They may be the fifth uh, right now in Vegas uh, favorite, but right after they won versus Illinois, they became the third favorite to win this tournament the third favorite. So they, they still have a very good chance to win this thing, even though they're the 12th highest seed remaining. Don't forget, they're just an eight seed. So, I mean, they have a chance to win this thing. Krutwig is conference player of the year. They just look dynamic. Well, we're going to talk more about them when we get to our picks, I'm sure. But I think the best team, I don't know who you think is the best-looking team so far, but to me, I watched all the games, man. And you know I love Alabama to, to get to the Final Four. You can see my Zoom background. Yeah. Come on, Tide. Let's keep it going. I've been riding you all the way through the SEC tournament, y'all. Not Alabama. Take it. Get to the Final Four. And we're talking next week. We'll have four teams left. And you better be one of them, Alabama. But I think the best team that I've seen even better than Alabama is Baylor. Baylor looked dominant. They won their two games by 37 points. I think they look the best uh, so far. What do you think? Yeah, they looked really great. Their guards are something else. They're so fast. They're lightning quick. Um, you know, I like them, but man, this has got to be Baylor's to lose now. I mean, all these upsets, all these, you know, Michigan's lost their best guy. Alabama, I don't trust. Baylor, you know, was shaky at the end of the year. Illinois is gone. Ohio State's gone. Houston coming from the American. Can, can, you know, can they really make a push? Gonzaga was the overwhelming favorite and has to be even a higher favorite now. They better not lose this thing. Uh, at least get to the Final Four here. Especially after you gave the chugging chant and called him out. I did. And they know you want them to win this tournament. T Money, do don't let T Money do the chug and chant on you. Okay. So do uh, not lose uh, this, especially with Iowa gone in your in your bracket your, as your two seed. So don't lose this thing, Gonzaga. I think the biggest disappointment, of course, the Buckeyes was bad, but I think the biggest disappointment had to be Texas. Uh, come on, Big Twelve. That was tough. Come on. I mean. Uh, Look, look at Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart, he led Virginia Commonwealth to the Final Four in 2011. Everybody thinks, yeah. oh, Shaka, Shaka Smart's this great coach. Do you know that since that VCU Final Four run in 2011, 10 years ago, Shaka Smart's 2-7 and seven in the NCAA tournament. Wow. Come on, man. The Longhorns were coming off the Big 12 tournament crown. They win the crown. They had a strong regular season, finished third in the conference. They win the Big 12 tourney. And they follow that up by losing to Abilene Christian? Come on. And UCLA went on and smoked Abilene. So it's something, Laura Roberts beat Ohio State, but then they went on to beat Florida, whereas Texas yeah. lost to Abilene, and they got smoked by UCLA. Yeah, that was wild. I had Texas in my Final Four just like you, so that really, really hurt me. Very disappointed in that team. Um, Abilene Christian's... President of their school came out and said, though, that winning that game versus Texas generated $120 million in revenue for their school. So if that's true, good. Wow. For, it's a hell of a lot of money for just upsetting Texas. But hey, I'm, I'm going a different direction and biggest disappointment here. I like Iowa. I thought that they had a really good team and could make a push and surprise uh, surprise Gonzaga potentially. And Oregon just throttled them. 
They throttled them. They were in a different class. They went small on Garza, even though he had a great game. It, it was a throttling. So that was my biggest disappointment. Well, I mean, Oregon started 95 on them. You know, Garza kicked butt. And you yep. saw why he's potential number one pick. <laughs> I know you love that. That's why I say that. Oh, my God. Garza I, was he, dominant in that game. He won't go top 10, but he was dominant. He was he was dominant. So, I mean, they scored 80. How many How many did he have of those 80? 36. Yeah, okay. 36. He had a great game. He had a little bit of help. But uh, yeah. what else, man? What else you got going out there? What are you thinking about beyond the college basketball? What's up? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I did want to mention here, before we leave college basketball, I got to give my condolences to my West Coast folks. I apologize. You showed me up here. Pac-12, you went nine and freaking one and, and are, are just killed it. So it's shocking to see them go nine and one. The Big Ten was not good, but I got to get Pac-12 the props. Uh, I'm going to eat crow here. I thought they were a horrible conference, but man, did they show us. They have multiple teams. Oregon State was projected to be last in the Pac-12 this year, and they're in the Sweet 16. So yeah, yeah. they just have a really good group of teams, surprisingly. And it's probably because many people couldn't even watch them because they're on the East Coast. Meanwhile, I'm on the West Coast, and I doubted them. And I, I apologize, but good for you, Pac-12, showing people how it's done. Yeah, definitely some issues this year with rankings and seeding. Um, but people were confused, obviously. Yes. You know, yeah. who does these rankings and seedings? Only USC was in the Associated Press top 25. That's the Associated Press. That's yeah. not even, you know, some committee. Uh, that's the Associated Press. Supposed to be watching these games. Only USC was in the top 25, and you've got USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Oregon State now in the Sweet 16. Yeah. I mean, it was good for them. They killed it. I'll eat crow on that one. So good for the West Coast. And I like Oregon a lot. Um, they just look legit after going small ball, jacking up a ton of threes, taking out a number two seed, probably the highest two seed in uh, Iowa. But good for the Pac-12. So we got to go back and analyze the, the T-Ross, Chug, and Chen. See, after you call one someone out, what percent of the time do they actually turn it around and get back on track? You know, yeah, I probably have a very high percentage of telling these that people. That might know. be interesting to look at because you did call out the Pac-12 and they came in. They showed the hell and up. And you called out Gonzaga. We're going to find out about Gonzaga. Gonzaga you called proved me wrong. But, hey, I'm not going to give them kudos for making the Final Four, okay? <laughs> the bracket is horrible. Your two seed's gone. I don't want to hear you making the Final Four. You want to be elite, win me a championship. And yeah, they yeah. to do it. You guys have a great team. But we'll move on. We'll switch uh, gears here a little bit. And, you know, let's jump into real quick here. NFL, we got a couple signings I thought we should talk about. Uh, two wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, signs with the Giants, big four-year, $72 million contract. Good for him. Uh, I think he's a great uh, 1v1, you know, jump ball kind of receiver. I think he's a good addition for the Giants. Uh, what do you think about that? Hey, Giants are making moves, I think. That they got the quarterback for the future? I don't know. I don't know. But they signed Galladay. They signed Kyle Rudolph as a yes. tight end. A pretty good contract there. John Ross. 
uh, came over for a little bit of money, but they got Sean Ross, who was highly regarded when he was brought in through the draft. I think they're trying to do what Buffalo did. They looked at Buffalo and they said, hey, you know, Josh Allen went from the league's worst deep ball passer to among the best, had the largest year-over-year rise in completion percentage in NFL history. You look at yeah. completion percentage last year versus this year, and look what happens. And why did he do that? Because they brought in Diggs. Yeah. Diggs led the NFL in catches and receiving yards. Giants think that they can do the same thing with Galladay. And Jones all of a sudden is elite. We'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. No, I mean, I totally agree with you there. And they kind of remind me of each other. They both can run. They're both bigger, but not accurate. Now, the biggest thing with Daniel Jones here, um, he is the worst turnover prone person in the NFL. He averages two turnovers, whether fumble interception a game. That's where he needs to improve. But I think that this move, along with Kyle Rudolph, John Ross, and don't forget the bringing back Saquon, who was out all last year, they got a good core of people now with Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. I mean, they have a good receiving and running back core. This is the year. Daniel Jones, you probably got about 10 games. And if you are not in contention for a playoff spot in the NFC East, you're probably gone. That's why they made this move. And uh, I think it really speaks to Daniel Jones. Giants finished six and 10 this year. Washington football team beat them at seven and nine. Who do you think wins that con on and Dallas is six and 10. So what do you think? Who wins that NFC East now with Washington, the Giants and the Cowboys? I'm, I'm not including the Eagles in that. Yeah. The Eagles are going to be bottom feeders. I actually do like the Giants in this division. I think they had a really good skid there. I think they went four and one at one point. Their defense is really good. They didn't have Saquon Barkley. They shored up the offensive line a little bit. This comes down to Daniel Jones just not turning the ball over. I don't need him to be Josh Allen of last year because of how bad this uh, division is. I just need him to be competent. But if he's not that, right. it's still turning the ball over, Washington. Hey, moving on to about another signing. What do you think about Juju? You know, that signing there, what, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, Juju was, he thought he was going to get a four-year, $72 million deal probably. But I think a lot of people around the league have seen him without Antonio Brown and realize this guy might not be a number one receiver. And I think he found that out. Eight mil, one year to return to the Steelers? Ugh. So the Steelers got a good deal is the point. Oh, yeah. Good for the Steelers. Hell it's yeah. like when you, you decide to leave a company and you go on and try to get a job, you don't get one and you go back to the company that you're going to leave and you're like, I guess I'll stay, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but he's still, he, he, he entered the NFL in 2017. That wasn't even long ago. He ranks yeah. 13th in receptions, 15th in receiving yards, 12th in receiving touchdowns. So he's better than the wide receiver ones at half the league. No. That's I disagree. He had one phenomenal year because Antonio Brown was getting triple teamed and he went off, made the Pro Bowl. I think he had 1,400 yards. Ben, Big Ben threw the, for the most yards in the NFL that year as well. So it was just an air raid offense. Now Big Ben's arm shot. He is getting double teamed every time because he's the number one. He's not as good. He's not as good. So you would not keep, if you had a fantasy team, you would not keep Juju. No, he's not. He's not that great. Ah, Juju, I so. don't know. Man, they they go yeah. to him in the clutch. They they go to him when they need something. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think they like Claypool more than him, but um, yeah, I'm not a fan. I, so that was. I a- think the real here's my win, the real winners in uh, free agency. Uh, when I look at this thing, are the people that kept their players from not going free agent? Tampa yeah. Bay keeping their team together. They prevented yeah. free agency. Buffalo, same thing. They kept their players. Two teams that were really good last year. Tampa Bay and Buffalo keeping their teams together. We had Emmanuel Sanders come into Buffalo where they dropped John Brown. So I think if I had to pick, I'd probably take Emmanuel Sanders over John Brown. I don't know about you. Yeah, I would for sure. I like both teams. Tampa Bay did great. So, yeah. All right, man. So what uh, what else you got going last, on in the Team Money thing, world? Last thing I feel like we got to talk about, LeBron James, my guy. Are you going to show us the poster on your wall? You actually I have mean, a poster yeah, of LeBron I, I, on your wall. I, I could just pull it off the Clothis wall right now. <laughs> My beautiful LeBron James here. T Money's Clothis. Beautiful, the Clothis. I mean, this is, they can't beat it. LeBron James goes down in the middle of a game and he twists his ankle, high ankle sprain, expected to miss up to a month. I mean, if you watch the play, this guy's an Iron Man more than people think. They're like always injured and he's getting old. Anyone else, if you watch that hit, it was, that's a torn ACL. That's a torn ACL, but he's an Iron Man, and all he gets is a high ankle sprain. Trust me, I know about ACLs. Okay, <laughs> trust me on that. But I'm telling you, this guy, he's uh, gonna come back. The, can the team stay relevant? That's the biggest thing. The, the two seed when he went down, I mean, they might be the seven or eight seed when he gets back. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. Well, uh, we're eight weeks in the playoffs. Uh, the average time to miss on a high ankle sprain, not the LeBron's average, but the average is five and a half weeks. We're eight weeks in the playoffs, average miss time, five and a half weeks. And then once they return after five and a half weeks, there's two weeks of load management. So he could be full go by the time they hit the playoffs. They're in third place right now, but they are going to lose spots to both Denver and Portland most likely are going to pass them. Uh, The Clippers, Denver, and Portland, I'll pass them. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're down there on the bottom, just barely getting in as a low seed. Yeah, and luckily for them, this year is a weird year where they're doing a play-in game for the seventh and eighth seeds. So even if they fall all the way to tenth, they still have a chance of playing in versus the seven and eight seed to take their spot. Which I would obviously trust LeBron to do as long as he's healthy and, and what- Anthony Davis is healthy. And what, what is amazing, Anthony Davis is still sidelined with a calf strain. These guys are out. There's a risk. They're probably going to be a seven seed or something. And they're still, the odds to win the NBA title, they're still second behind the Brooklyn Nets. Now, hey, how does that happen? Because if they're healthy, they're the best team because they have the best player and a top five player. So that's all that matters. If they're healthy, if they're both healthy, they should be the favorite. Odds to win it all. Brooklyn Nets 11 to 4. Lakers are 3 to 1. Clippers are next at 11 to 2. And then we've got the Bucks and the Jazz at, at the fourth and fifth favorite to win the title. What do you think about that group, that group of five there? I know you like the Lakers, but what do you like out of the rest of the group? I like the Sixers. I think they're really good. The Bucks have no chance. The Jazz are fake. I'd take the Clippers as the third best team in Philly right there with them. Uh, actually, I take Philly over the Clippers. I, I like Philly maybe more than I like the Nets, actually. Um, but I take the Lakers, Philly, Nets, Clippers. Well, hey, before we go on and get into the rest of the show, uh, I want to mention 
T-Money talked about golf. I got to mention the T-Money did beat G-Man head-to-head in golf. He was back in Ohio. We went out and, and had it out at Rolling Meadows. Oh, yeah. Early in the morning, we're the first ones off the tee. T-Money knocks off G-Man by three, and he gets the title, the family title from the G-Man. So yep. congratulations, T-Money. I just Thank want you, everybody to know about that. How you were hitting the ball and playing, man. You were doing a great job. But, hey, y'all, if you like what you're seeing, go like and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify and Instagram and many other platforms. Look for our handle at Father, Son, and Holy Sport. We've got a great show for you tonight. We have Clay Hall joining us tonight on the Father, Son Coast-to-Coast Hotline. We're going to talk college basketball and Buckeye football with the sports director of the local Columbus, Ohio, ABC Fox affiliate. And we're going to give you some big picks tonight that can help you win some cash this weekend. We have Ross V. Ross for tonight. Focus on what's causing all the upsets in the NCAA tournament. Is it parity or is it lack of preparation? And we're trying to stump T Money again right. in the trivia of the week, sponsored by Winwise IQ and T Money. The question for you this week see what you got, man. The Big yeah. Ten received nine bids this year, but the most ever was the Big East in 2011. Did any of those teams in 2011 make the Final Four? We're going to see if T Money knows the answer to that question. The Big Ten received nine bids this year, the Big East in 2011. Had more than that. And did any of those 2011 Big East teams make it to the Final Four? That's your Woundwise trivia coming up soon. But kicking things off for you right now is the T. Ross Chug and Chant brought to you oh, by yeah. Help Me Start Up. Help Me Start Up. Uh, do you have a startup or a new company idea? Why not get help from the experts at Help Me Start Up? Try the easy to use startup tools and advice to help you get moving on your way toward investment and success. Learn more at helpmestartup.co. So T-Money, let's go up to T-Money. He's up high on the San Francisco rooftops for the T-Ross Chug and Chant. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's T-Money up here on the rooftop in San Francisco. I got a couple things to say. You know, I've done a few rants on some different conferences and Gonzaga the past few weeks. Well, let me give you a chug here. I'm going to chant a little bit about the Big Ten because, man, do they have it coming. Cheers. Woo. All right. Big Ten, what the hell happened to you? Most embarrassing NCAA tournament by a conference by far. You were the favorite to make it. You end up losing everyone before the Sweet 16 other than Michigan, who lost their best player, by the way. So let's let's give them some props for getting there. Everyone else, I mean, you had Ohio State losing the first round to a 15 seed. What's going on? But meanwhile, I'm in Pac-12 country making fun of them last week, and these guys go 9-1. and one. Man, Big Ten embarrassing showing. Iowa, what the hell are you doing? Letting Oregon score 95 on you. I mean, it was just an overall horrible weekend. Illinois, the title favorite. My pick to win it all. I thought they had everything they needed. Look exhausted. And they lose to Loyola, Chicago. Their hometown rivals. What, what the hell is going on here, Big Ten? Embarrassing. You need some new coaches in there. You need some fresh faces. You need some more dynamic offenses. Come on. 
Get it together, Big Ten. Super embarrassing showing, and you should all, all be embarrassed. Gary, you probably have my back, right? And hey, thanks, T. That was awesome once again. I love seeing you chug those beers, man. I love that. Yes, I have your back, T, money. I have your back. How many times do we talk about the Big Ten and their teams during the year? And here comes T, money back. Hey, man. Yeah, we talked about Illinois and Ohio State and Purdue and Iowa. Come on, man. What's with these guys? The Big Ten had nine invites to the tournament. And this is what we get. Come on, man. I know you didn't, you were nice to the Big 12 team, money, but they let us down too. Texas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, that was bad. Big 12 was pretty rough, but the Big 10 was just bad. I, they had a record for their conference to ever make it from the Big 10, which was nine. And they go eight of nine losing before the Sweet 16. I mean, that was rough. Michigan, the only one making it through. I mean, Ohio State losing, Illinois losing. I mean, these were some bad losses. Like two seed, they had two two seeds and a one seed gone before the Sweet 16. Their three highest seeds. That's bad. I mean, three of the four highest seeds. Michigan, their only hope, but they're without their best player. The Big Ten, man, was supposed to be by far the best conference and looking like one of the worst. Yeah, yeah. It's tough to recover from that. It's tough to recover from that. Uh, you know, the SEC in football, they've always dominated. They have that respect. And, you know, who is that in basketball? We thought, you know, we thought we had something, but it wasn't. It was a fleeting no. moment. Uh, but here's something interesting as they look forward on the Big Ten. You know, the Big Ten has not won a national title since when? I believe it was Ohio State. Michigan State. The year 2000, Michigan State. Mateen Cleaves, remember him? Yeah. You I, were young. You were a young whippersnapper, man. I was man. thinking you Greg, were, Greg Oson back in the day. You were a young whippersnapper back then. But, yeah. hey, history history indicates it's too early to write off the Big Ten chances of, of ending a championship. Michigan's still in it. And if you look at the stats and the numbers, Michigan could still win this tournament Definitely. and could bring the Big Ten another title, and that would get some respect back. For sure. And I, I, as much as I hope that Michigan wins it personally, I don't know if they can get over that hump, but uh, they have the talent and they're great on defense. But like I said, when you lose your most dynamic ball handler and player, uh, you know, before the tournament, you're, you're most likely not going to get through, but there's a reason they were number two in the country this year. They have skills other than him, but losing that uh, livers really hurts us. So. Well, this kind of rolls into our Ross v. Ross, same topic, yeah. you know, why there's so many upsets. You know, it's uh, I, you know, pose the question, is it because of parity or is it due to lack of preparation? What do you think? Why is there so many upsets so far? So uh, I don't think it's lack of parity or anything. I honestly am going to take a different route and say this is a weird year because of COVID. All right. I think that there were a lot of COVID negative tests, COVID positive tests, constantly taking tests. I mean, that can, you know, take a toll on a player and a coach. Not only that, you test positive, you're out a week or your best player is gone and, or your whole team's not playing for, uh, you know, Michigan had a month layoff at one point and things like that. So I think that, uh, that along with 
a smaller preseason for a lot of these guys, like not practicing in the summer with your team and, you know, not having a preseason games or easy out of conference games for a lot of these uh, bigger teams to get tuned up on. I mean, these are a lot of little things that can add up to a team not being ready to uh, give it their full go and be uh, completely equipped with the tools to win in the tournament when some of these small schools and mid-majors tend to be senior laden whereas you know these other teams like illinois and these guys are younger and you know need a little more time and preparation to get caught up quicker instead well, of i agree i agree with you that it's not parody i don't think it's any more than usual we've had tournaments yeah. like this before you know we'll see this weekend you know after this weekend is it going to be the ones and twos that are still standing or is it more of these double digit seeds? that I think we've got to see that play out because we've had a lot of tournaments like this. And then the ones and twos go on to the final four and maybe yeah. there's one Cinderella. I think the biggest reason is lack of preparation. I don't think these teams were ready to play. I blame it on the coaches. I blame it on the leaders of the team. And I point to Texas. Abilene beats Texas by one point. They were not ready. Come on. This is something yeah. just like you know, look at the schools in Ohio, playing Ohio State. If it's one of the smaller schools in Ohio, that's what it was like. And Abilene, who, who's from West Texas, does not have the athletes of Texas. I'm sorry. They're not even close no. in terms of that. So it's got to be something else. I think it's leadership and coaching. They were not ready to play that game. Abilene beats Texas in the very next game. UCLA beats Abilene by 20. That just proves the point right there. Uh, yeah. How does UCLA beat them by 20? I look at Purdue in the South region. They lost to North Texas. And then North Texas gets beat by 23 in the next game. These teams are not ready to play, man. No, I think that they went in with a lot of cockiness. I think playing conference-only schedules can sometimes get you used to playing a certain way or versus certain people and you're not ready for anything new. I think a lot of the, you know, especially big 10 thought that they were going to come in and just kill everyone. But I think, you know, like the big 10 plays a certain style of basketball, hard, gritty basketball. And then you get Loyola Chicago coming in here, just flying around and playing some crazy weird defenses and running an awkward offense and stuff. And you know, Illinois doesn't know what to do and doesn't know how to adjust because they've only played the Iowa's three times and Wisconsin two times. They're all the same team. Wisconsin and Iowa could flip players and be the same exact teams. So, I mean, I think playing conference only can kind of mess you up in preparation and thinking that you've done enough because you've played them multiple times. But I think a, a lot of these teams came in thinking they were going to, you know, be ready to go. But they haven't played those softer schedules and been able to get used to playing some awkward hey, major teams. Come on, you're talking about major college coaches. They got to get these teams ready, man. Be creative, figure out ways to invent a practice where you have intensity. You got to do it, man. You got to figure it out. I'll tell you the other thing I see is the seeding. Uh, I think there's a seeding issue this year in this tournament. And I bring up the example of Oregon State. Oregon State. Uh, should have been seated higher, man. Look, look, mm -hmm. look at their, I look, I'm looking at their schedule. Okay. They beat the heck out of Utah February 18th. They lose to Colorado, who was just in the tournament till the last game. They lost by four. Then they beat California. They beat Stanford. They beat Utah. They lost to Oregon. We know Oregon's a good team. 
Now they go into the Pac-12 tournament. They have to win that tournament or they're out. They're not going to make it. They beat UCLA. Okay. They beat Oregon. And they beat Colorado. That's their finish. And look where they got seeded. Number 12 in the NCAA yeah. tournament. What's that seed? How does that seed happen? Now they go into the NCAA tournament. The first round, they beat Tennessee, crushed them, you know, by 14. And then they beat Oklahoma State by 10. Yeah. Is that team a 12 seed? I don't know. I, I totally agree with seeding. I, I thought there was a lot of really weird seeds that they put together here, uh, you know, like Loyola Chicago, ranked top 10 by most computers in Ken Palm rankings. You know, they had only a couple losses on the season, but they get put in, in an eight seed, and clearly they're better than that, clearly. But I think there was a lot of big league bias this year because we didn't get those out-of-conference games to get a gauge of who actually can play versus other conferences. And so clearly Big Ten comes in like, oh, this team, these teams are all awesome. And little do we know the Big Ten is trash. So well, you just don't know when you're not playing out of conference. But I totally agree. The seating was weird this year. They did not get it right. But we're we're going to talk some more college basketball with our next guest. We're going to get into the Big Ten and especially the Buckeyes because Clay Hall is from Columbus, longtime Columbus guy. But he used to be in the SEC conference doing reporting and things and came back here. But has had a long career in Columbus, Ohio. Clay Hall is our special guest for you today on the Father Son Coast to Coast Hotline. You fans, you're going to love Clay Hall. Let's bring in Clay now. All right, we welcome him to the Father Son Coast to Coast Hotline. Clay Hall, we're going to talk college basketball mostly, but a little bit of Buckeye football with the sports director of the local Columbus ABC Fox affiliate, one of the big fans of the show, Clay Hall. Welcome to the Father Son Coast to Coast Hotline. Well, I'm honored to be here. Uh, thank you for the invite. Love to uh, chat it up. I was <laughs> spent about a half hour today on Fox Sports Ohio, so I'm all warmed up and uh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> all right. All right, you're on the B well, program, now you're on the A program. We see how we see you. what you're saying. We see what you're saying. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Clay, we're excited to get your perspective, especially in the middle of this March Madness. But before we do that, just looking at your background and notice that prior to your, your 25 year stint with WSYX WTTE, you were down in SEC country. What was that like down there? Yeah. Um, it's interesting to have both of those uh, those backgrounds. Uh, though I went to high school in Columbus, I ended up going to school down south. Uh, it was a strange thing. I, I kind of a small town kid. I went to uh, Mississippi State, which of course is in Stark Vegas, Mississippi. Yeah. And yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Dak Prescott is my hero, even at sixty-three say, years Prescott. old. <laughs> that cat put a university and a state on his back and uh, took took a team that is certainly one of the have-nots in that league and uh, made them number one. I recall the athletic director at that time said, I think I'm living in an alternate universe because things like that <laughs> don't happen in, uh, in Stark Vegas. But, I mean, baseball is really what they were good at. Ohio State was just too big for me. Most of the kids I went to high school with either went there or Ohio University. And certainly we've lived vicariously through the Bobcats here 
uh, the last few days. Yeah. Uh, yes, we have. I got into TV, guys, by accident. I, I had two newspaper jobs. And where did you go? And um, a guy said, uh, offered me a chance to uh, get into TV. It was kind of like Columbus where, you know, one person owned all the uh, radio, TV, et cetera. And I said, I'm enough ham. I'll try it. And yeah, what, <laughs> 35, 35 years later, I'm still grinding. Uh, because well, I'm we, TV because of my looks. I am a dog face grinder who loves to cover sports, and that's why I do it. That's and awesome. you do an awesome job, and we love listening to you and watching you and all your yeah. shows. You are Buckeye all the way through. So we're glad you worked your way back to Ohio. And exactly. let's let's uh, jump into the first topic here on the Ohio State. We got to touch on Ohio State basketball, even though it hurts about their performance and you know, Michigan just beat LSU. They advanced to the Sweet 16, and the Buckeyes don't get past the first round against Oral Roberts. What the Buckeyes fans want to know, and I know you're the best one to have a feel for this, why did this happen? How does Michigan advance like this and the Buckeyes uh, do so poorly? I, I think that the Big Ten teams play this rugged schedule, 20 games, yeah. and they all play the same style. I don't see, I heard some folks talking about this the other day and it dawned on me. There's no basketball equivalent of Joe Tiller. There's no, <laughs> I think they need an influx of coaches from everywhere. Pac-12 and the South is playing the best basketball. Yeah. Uh, Michigan's got a talented team. I thought they'd take a step back without Isaiah Livers. I don't know what happened. I really don't. I mean, Ohio State had multiple chances to tie or go ahead and win the game. Uh, this thing is upside down. But I do think when you play four games in four days like they did in the Big Ten tournament, it stresses you. And I also think they're lacking uh, presence in the middle. They need another big. Um, they were down Kyle Young. They don't have a rim protector. They don't have a Micah Potter. I don't think, uh, I think he would yeah. have exhausted his eligibility here when he transferred to uh, West Virginia. He sat out. So he wouldn't have, I don't think, been on this team. I'd have to look back to make sure. But they need that kind of player. Uh, and, yeah. and, in, and against Oral Roberts, they just didn't shoot it well. Now, how and why E.J. Liddell took all the heat for that. Uh, yeah, that, really that, weird. That, that, 30 minute conversation because I think those idiots, those cowards, um, lost a lot of money. We're looking for somebody to take it yeah. out on EJ yeah. Liddell, 23 points, 14 rebounds, five assists. He did his thing. Dwayne was a little off. Orange couldn't hit late. Um, it happens, but I, my bracket, good grief. I had Ohio State <laughs> I had Illinois winning it. Uh, but now we got to yep. take a step back and analyze Big Ten basketball. Yeah, I mean, I totally, hey, went, agree. totally agree. The Illinois I had winning at Ohio State in my Final Four. Michigan I had losing early because they lost livers, but they're the only ones standing. I think you're right. The, the type of competition we've been playing in the Big Ten is very different than Loyola Chicago when they come out and play, uh, you know, just completely different style of offense and defense, just rattles, you know, an exhausted Illinois after, like you said, Ohio State went 
four games in four days. Same thing with Illinois. They just looked like there was no gas left in the tank at the end of that game. No, I concur. I, I absolutely, I hear you. I feel you. Um, it just, yeah, I just think they see too much of the same thing in that 20 game stretch and the PAC 12 is stunning. Oregon state wow. is stunning. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Loyola incredible. And they've got a local kid. They have a kid from Hilliard, uh, Braden Norris playing guard. And I'm here for that Cameron Crutwig all day oh long. Oh my gosh. It, they, are, they are inspiring. And, and Ohio was, and, and they ran into a pretty good uh, Creighton team. So that has uh, run its course, but awfully proud for Jeff Bowles, the former Buckeye assistant. Yeah. Uh, and led the Bobcats as a player to the big dance in 1994. And if you saw his post game, uh, very emotional. Uh, and, and I think that's what's so neat about sports when that's what a team's about. And, and, yeah. You, yeah. And, and you thrive on each other. And I think when you've been through that three or four or five month uh, deal where you're having so much fun and the camaraderie is incredible. I mean, that's yeah. I don't think it gets any better than that. So congratulations to them. They get to hang an NCAA banner. And the Buckeyes have to uh, work on their roster for next year. Well, that's a good point. That's a nice segue. I was going to talk about next year and what your view was. And we got this Branham kid from Akron, Akron St. Vincent, St. Mary, LeBron School, 6'4", 175, shooting guard, ranked 29th overall in the 2022 class. And his team just won the state championship, Division II in Ohio. He scores 37. He's going to be a Buckeye. Uh, so what do you think about next year's team, bringing in Branham and maybe some other guys? Yeah, I, I uh, certainly was watching Branham play in the uh, state title game as they took on the Central Ohio team. Three Central Ohio uh, teams had a shot to win the state last weekend, yeah. and none of them came up with the W. Um, Crazy. Yeah, it, it, that was heartbreaking for me, especially Westerville Central, who had played so well uh, to get right there. Here. As you said, Branham's a real deal, 37 points. Uh, he's got the pedigree. And, you know, St. V won their ninth record, ninth state title. Now, do they is the deck a little stacked? Well, you know, do they recruit? I don't know. But, <clears throat> excuse me, they looked awfully good in, uh, in, in knocking off, what was that, the D2 title? D2 title, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they took care of uh, DeSales. And then Westville. Yeah, the yeah, sales. It was the sales. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they, <clears throat> what was interesting, the Stallions led that game by four or five at halftime. And then St. V just slapped the press. Yeah, took on. over. Yeah. Just, just got after them in a big way, but I like Branham. I did a piece on him uh, probably a month and a half ago. Uh, I like, he, he's that six, four swing guy who can do a lot of things. Well, well, that's great. We're really excited about the Buckeyes next year. We got a lot of Buckeye fans who watch the show, but they're not all Buckeye fans, but we got a ton of them. And I want to move on to talk about March Madness the rest of the way. And when you guys look at, uh, starting with Clay, when you guys look at the uh, Final Four, you know, of these 16 teams that are there, which one do you think, Clay, you know, were you most impressed with that you think, you know, can get to that Final Four? Really impressed with Creighton, really impressed with Loyola. Uh, yeah. impressed with Bama. I think Bama plays at a different speed. 
I got to go get my busted bracket because I gave up. (laughs) (laughs) I was was so busted by the first weekend. Yeah. And and when Illinois went down, I I just, I could not believe it. They had all the pieces to put it together. Um, No, I'd be interested in, in hear what you guys think i'm trying to what do you think, think i'm trying to think See money what are you thinking yeah i mean i love loyola going forward uh you know i wish i had done a little i i liked them but i just loved illinois like you said i thought they had all the pieces and they yeah. think ninth in the country in ken palm's rankings going into the tournament so it's not like you know there wasn't indicators right. that they had the the ability but if i had to choose someone else i'm man I like Oregon. Can they do you? Or yeah. will they just, I mean, they play small ball. They start a six, six guy at center. And they started him first. Luca Garza. I mean, if, <laughs> if you can start a six, six guy versus him, you can do it versus anybody. So well, he dropped 36, but it didn't matter. They can outscore him. They annihilated Iowa. It That's was another, it was another big 10 team really getting uh, embarrassed. It was bad. Yeah, I like the Alabama Crimson Tide. I got the Zoom background behind me. I'm, I've got Alabama on my Zoom background, Clay. And that's because yeah. I liked Alabama going into their tournament, the SEC. They won the regular season. They won the conference tournament. And now in the playoffs, they've beaten Iona. They've, they've had an easy route, really. All three of the teams they beat are double-digit. And Mar- Maryland, they beat 96-77. And now they've got Alabama. Well, they didn't beat Alabama-UCLA. UCLA is an 11 seed. They got them next, and they're headed toward a showdown with Michigan. It could be Alabama-Michigan in that uh, final there. Yeah, Greg Byrne, their athletic director, who came from Mississippi State, by the way, um, just just a little uh, shout-out, made an excellent hire. Excellent hire. It was Oates from Buffalo, and he has got them cooking. Um, So, yeah, I like like them a lot. we they got the seem- West as Gonzaga, the South as Baylor, East as Michigan, and the Midwest as Houston. Those are the lead seeds in each of the regions. You know what's neat with Mark Few, and um, this may be his best team. I don't know. He, he may have had some others who, who yeah. busted on the way. But I, I thought I heard this on the air the other night, and I think it's so cool that he has been approached numerous times uh, about other jobs. And he's never interviewed. He loves Spokane so much and coaching the Zags and fly fishing in that area. (laughs) He said, I've got life by the tail. And um, I've I've never been a believer, frankly, in Gonzaga. But now I think I'm going to have to. They're going to drag me kicking and screaming into the final four. And and let's see what happens. No, who do you who, who do you pick to win it all, Clay? Who do you pick to win it all? If you had to pick right now, see, I don't, I don't watch Gonzaga You're, enough. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's it. I like Gonzaga <laughs> this year, like like you said, Clay. Yeah, I did a rant on them a few weeks back. How they're not an elite program until they can prove that they can win a championship. Mark Few's been there like twenty two years now. Yeah, twenty two, and so. Uh, I mean, I love their team this year specifically because they finally have the senior-laden, great Mm -hmm. team, but with NBA talent. 
You know, Jalen right. Suggs is really, really good. You see him out there and he looks like an NBA player. You know, the right. expert kid is pretty solid. You know, they have NBA players for once instead of just a great senior laden team. And I think that might get him over the hump this year. Yeah, uh, it, hey. it, it would not it would not surprise me. Yeah. And let's shift gears. Uh, we're kind of you know working our way toward the finish here, having Clay Hall on the show here tonight. We're really excited to have Clay, the sports director at Fox and ABC local affiliate here. I want to talk a little bit about Buckeye football. Looking forward because, you know, everybody here is excited about it. And, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit of first about the quarterback situation. We've got yeah. Kyle McCord coming in. A uh, chance for a freshman to potentially start at quarterback. He's a um, just. I know you know this, Clay. I'm helping out our viewers. Um, McCord's yep. a five-star recruit. He's ranked 26 overall in the class, and he's a the, only the third five-star quarterback to sign with the Buckeyes. Uh, that's gonna that could potentially start. Terrell Pryor and Braxton Miller, Braxton Miller were the last two. What do you yep. think about yep. McCord coming in? Can he take the job from the two sophomores and and start for the Buckeyes? I think he could because he's played so much more football in the last year than have yeah. uh, CJ Stroud and, and Jack Miller. So, you know, and Ryan Day made it clear about two weeks ago, this kid is fighting for the job. Uh, he is in the mix and he was the national high school player of the year. They identified yeah. him early. He is a prototype, you know, drop back passer. When is the last time I was trying to think because there have been so many dual threat guys, this would be to me a major departure uh, for Ohio State. And I think it is what Ryan Day is bringing to the equation that he can raise the bar a little bit as the quarterback whisperer. And that's yeah. an area that he's good at. He's brought some guys along. Uh, certainly Fields and Haskins as well. And I think he sees a chance there to elevate the Buckeyes through the quarterback play. So um, I can't wait to see. I mean, we're dying to see these guys in uniform. They yeah. do put on the pads tomorrow. But again, uh -huh. we're not out of the COVID whatever. But it, there was a, a couple of requests made this week that if the Bucks practice in the shoe, we can certainly distance there. And Day said, love to have you. So I think we're, we're, we may get a speak. I don't know when that will be. But uh, I'm told Jack Miller is kind of that Joe Burrow-like player. And Stroud may be closer to Fields, though I don't put him in that class yet because none of them have done anything. And yeah. that's, that's what the way Ryan was approaching it. There's no determinations there's no ratings there's no nothing they're all getting equal reps and uh you know this thing is going to go into the fall i, I yeah. feel certain and we'll go from there but um and all our best well, to justin well, to justin fields justin fields moving on to the to the pros we don't know where he's going to go in the draft but man we love justin fields he took clemson to the woodshed and that's why he's going to go in that second or third pick team money. What do you think about uh, Justin Fields, his position in the draft? Yeah, I, I, I am stunned to think he would fall to 15, like some people are saying the Patriots. Uh, Ryan Day kind of got on his high horse a little bit the other day when people asked, 
we're hearing that his stock is dropping and he, he was like, this kid is going to make plays in the NFL. I don't care what you say or what you do. You will not be able to stop him. It, is he the finished product? Maybe not. But uh, I think he has a very bright future. Uh, his game against Clemson is one of the best I've ever seen in watching college wow. football yeah. for almost whatever, 50 years. Um, <laughs> incredible. Given the fact that he took that hit and just kept on ticking. I thought it was oh, yeah. Amazing, yeah. an amazing performance. And it's too bad that they went in shorthanded against Bama. Uh, you know, Bama's the 33rd team in the National Football League. But yeah. uh, but if you have Togiai and you have Tyreek Smith and you're not mit- – anyway, I think we would have had a game there. And it's a shame it worked out that way. But uh, COVID really played yeah. – played- wreaked havoc with Ohio State yeah. uh, stop start the whole thing so anyway well before uh, you before you you know we let you go going into next year they were in the playoff last year can they I, I think they can win the Big Ten even with one of those younger quarterbacks can they make the playoffs because I know my Cincinnati Bearcats are going to be re- ready for you okay my Bearcats are going to be ready <laughs> will the Buckeyes be there ready to play us <laughs> You know what? I'm a big, I am a huge Luke Fickle fan. I, I told you, I told Gene Smith when it all went down with Trestle, I said, you got to take care of that guy because he's the one that stood up in the fire, man. Yeah. He's the one who could have said, no, I'm not going to jeopardize my chances with this. I don't even get to hire a staff. I don't get to, you know, and he's the one who he didn't spit the bit, man. He did what he had to do. Uh, you know, uh, crushing loss to Michigan that year. Um, but at any rate, I- I'm so thrilled for him. And uh, my question to you is, my man, are you going to be able to hang on to uh, one of the hottest guys in college football? I don't know. He seems pretty comfortable down there, and he's already got he loves it. raises. He's already given him contract extensions. He's actually turned away money already to give to his assistant coaches. So they're trying to build even the assistant coaches long-term. Now we lost our D coordinator to Notre Dame. Who's great. He is awesome. But I, you know, I think Luke fickle kind of helped run that side. So I'm not too worried about the defense, but I mean, his recruiting is what's really turning us around. You know, right now I think we're ranked 13th in the country for class of 2022 or something. So long way to go, but I mean, that's what he's changed. It's, it's the whole culture down there is awesome. Yeah, I think he calls it the state of Cincinnati. They recruit that. Yeah. There's a lot of tremendous prep football there with Moeller and X. Yeah. Um, I, I diverted your question. Yeah, put the Buckeyes in the playoffs. If they get a <laughs> ser- <laughs> even a serviceable quarterback, and I think they will be a lot better than that. They got six running backs in that room, by the way. Yeah. Six running backs today and they talk and Travion Henderson the highly recruited player said I just want to take the first hit because that'll wake me up and I will be ready to go so Teague Master Teague kind of the incumbent but there's a lot of guys pushing for time in there and I was impressed with Mayan Williams last year who got very little time but every time he did he impressed so um, 
Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully we, you know, hopefully guys, we play a, a full schedule and we get yeah. back to somewhat normalcy. It is like Ryan Day said the other day, you know, we've been to this point so many times where we're just cooking right along and things are going great. And then you get smacked in the mouth by some, uh, you know, they had to pause. It wasn't that long ago, but hopefully it feels like to me that we are getting back to normal. Yeah. Well, we are very excited. You get us psyched up talking about them putting the pads on, Clay. <laughs> yeah, you get us yeah. psyched up, man. Hey, the we real- have about 30 seconds left before we wrap up. I don't know if you have any special causes or anything you want to share with our audience uh, before we uh, say goodbye to you. And what's well, it like to be? Uh, I've been yeah. I, go ahead. I've been blessed. Oh, you go, go. Family, uh, three sons all raised here in in Columbus and a wife who is long suffering and is just the, uh, the, the delight of my life. And we just, just celebrated 39 years and, um, anniversary about a couple of weeks ago. So that's what keeps me, uh, between the ditches are those people who, uh, I love so much. So, uh, thank you again for having me. That's awesome. That's awesome. We love that. And uh, Clay, we're all excited about 2021. We got the 2020 behind us. Now we can focus and have some fun. And thanks for coming on to the Father Son Coast to Coast Hotline. (laughs) And best of luck this year and go Bucks. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks. And ladies and gentlemen, that was Clay Hall T Money. Yeah. What a fun interview. Oh, that was fun. He knows his stuff, man. Love talking, you know, Big Ten, Ohio State, football and basketball with him. And that was a great interview. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Ed, what'd you think? Did you get all your questions answered? You have any other thoughts? Yeah. You know, I mean, after I, interviewing Clay, what what uh, was on your mind? What are you thinking about? I mean, it was a good one. The only thing that interests me is they have a five. OSU has a five star uh, quarterback coming in this year, and then they have a the number one overall prospect, like you know and number one quarterback five-star coming in next year. So, you know, how's that dynamic going to work when you have multiple five-stars? Like he said, they haven't had a ton of five-stars. They've only had, you know, was it Dwayne and Braxton? Now you're going to have the two sophomores and two five-stars at the same time. I think that's going to be the interesting thing that I'd love to hear his opinion on, but that's another day. Well, I mean, it was – I really appreciate him bringing his college sports and his Buckeye insights into our March Madness. And then he got me pumped up talking about football practices starting. Uh, And when you're a Buckeye, we have, we're, we're disappointed of course in basketball, but we always have that football season to look forward to. Hey, uh, what did he say that caught your attention, man? The thing I, I really love the fact that when we ask him at the end, you know, do you have anything you want to say in the next 30 seconds? And the guy recognizes his family. I'm a clay hall. I'm really impressed that he was that professional and that thoughtful to mention his family. He didn't talk about, you know, some sporting event he was at. He talked about his family and his love for his family. I thought that was really impressive. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. Hope to talk to him again soon on the, on the show. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Hey, let's move on to our picks, man. We're, we're just killing everybody with college basketball, but Hey, we're in the middle of March madness. We're in the sweet 16. So what do you guys want us to do? I mean, we are just giving it, we're shooting it into your veins, man. We're shooting it into your veins. We got two picks for you tonight. 
we got the biggest upset picked in the next round. Of course, we have 16 teams. They're going to play Saturday, Sunday. And after that, it'll be down to the final four. But we're going to talk about our biggest upset of the next round. And then we're going to talk about the Cinderella of the final four. So let's start with our biggest upsets to the next round. Team Money, what do you think? Yep. Um, I know we're doing spread here, everybody. We're not doing just straight seating. But Going by spread, yeah. Either way, I'm going to take USC over Oregon here. Uh, you know, I believe it's just six, seven, but you know, it, 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 I think that Oregon. Is I got USC minus one on that one. I had a met two and a half. Uh, All right. On my sports book that I was looking at. Uh, okay. But either way, I think Oregon blows them out. 10 plus, 10 plus. Okay. I mean, I just, <laughs> it's going to be interesting because. I, you love that Oregon team, man. I do, man. They, if you're you going to turn into a duck, you're, you're a West Coast guy, man. Go for the Oregon Ducks. My, I'm gonna get my Mighty Ducks jersey out next week. They win this game, but uh, I think they right. just have everything that they could. They they could really give USC fits. So I think that that's a great that's a great matchup. Well, I'm gonna look at uh, yeah. We look at the Saturday games. There's four Saturday games, and we got four Sunday games. So I look at the Saturday games. You know, Baylor's gonna win, man. Sorry, Arkansas is gonna beat Oral Roberts. I'm sorry, man. And so and Houston's gonna beat Syracuse. So I I gotta go to. On a Saturday, I'm looking at Oregon State to beat Loyola Chicago. Oregon State's getting six and a half. I'm going to take the points, and I'm going to bet the money line. Oregon State's going to take Loyola. Everybody's talking about Loyola. Watch out, my friends. The Beavers are going to beat Loyola. All right. And then on Sunday, I looked at the Sunday games. Gonzaga's going to get past Creighton. You know my Bama boys are going to win this one again. And so I'm going to lean toward – Florida State upsetting Michigan. Florida State's uh, getting three points. Only three points, man. I thought it'd be more than that. That tells me somebody knows something somewhere. Florida State plus three? I'm going Florida State to upset Michigan. All right. All right. I, you know, I'm going to be rooting for Michigan. But the, my weird question here is, is why does Gary get two picks and I only get one here? <laughs> the producers in the back telling me you get one pick. <laughs> Somebody's talking into my ear right now. Someone's, uh, you know, where's where's my two picks? Okay. Somebody's talking into my ear. He gets two. Let's that's fine. Let me give you my daily picks. Right. That's fine. (laughs) Oregon's going to the goddamn national championship. Your other picks can suck. Hey, let's let's focus on our second pick, which is Cinderella of the Final Four. Gary's third pick. Okay, so. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And we're talking next week to all of our fans here. There's going to be four teams standing. Which one's going to be the Cinderella? So I, I, Cinderella is hard for me because I think four and up, you don't really, you can't consider yourself a Cinderella here, right? I agree. It seems a little too high of a seed. So for me, I think the, I'm going against your upset that you just told me about, which is why you shouldn't have said this. Oregon State's going to get destroyed by it. All right. I like Loyola a lot. I don't, I'm not worried about Oregon State at all. I'm <laughs> a little bit. I like Houston. They're a good team, but man, Loyola can play. They play a really funky offense, super hard defense. Uh, teams have a, a hard time adjusting to them because they're not used to anything that they play all year long. I like Loyola to make the final four here. This is like Ross v. Ross 2, man. Come on. All right, well, I'm, my center all the final. I'm going to tell you who my final four picks are. In the south, Baylor gets in. They look great. In the east, Alabama gets in as the two seed. And in the west, and this is not my Cinderella, USC 
gets in in the West. They beat the heck out of Kansas. They got an elite defense. They got the Mobley brothers. Yeah. They're favored by one over Oregon. They're favored over Oregon, man. So don't say that I'm pulling an upset there. USC is going to beat Oregon. I said the upset. And they're going to go on and beat Gonzaga and get into wow. this thing. And my, my upset pick, my Cinderella, my second and my biggest Cinderella is Oregon State, coached by Wayne Tinkle. They started the Pac-12 tournament with a 14-12 record. Okay, so they had to win to get in. They proceed to win that Pac-12 conference, as I talked about. They get the automatic bid by beating three tournament teams in three days. How about that? Two of them are UCLA and Oregon that they beat in those three days. So they've had five straight win-and-go-home scenarios against NCAA tournament teams, and they won them all. This is going to be one of the biggest stories of the year, Oregon State making the Final Four. Okay, well, they're going to lose that game, one. Okay, two, Gary gets another two picks? What is going I, on here? I have two Cinderella's. I have two That's Cinderella's. Like so here's my thing, audience. This is what's going to happen, everybody. Oregon State makes the Final Four. Told you so. And if they don't, and USC does, told you so. He's going to get two two Cinderella options here. That's I'm a good point. I'm this lying down. This is bullshit. Gary's over here getting two picks, getting to show off and maybe double down on some picks here. Producers, where the hell am I being told that I can only do one pick? And Gary's like, well, let me give you a couple options here. Double down just in case one doesn't hit. What the heck's hey. Yeah, when the prince took Cinderella to the ball, he decided to just take one Cinderella. But I've got two arms. I'm taking two Cinderellas to the ball. <laughs> hey, let's move on to the Wound Wise oh Trivia God. of the Week. Woundwise Trivia of the Week brought to you by Woundwise IQ. It's the patented mobile imaging and analytics software app that is used by leading physicians and nurses caring for people with chronic wounds. Just download the app and you're ready to go learn more at WoundWiseIQ.com. T-Money working our way to the finish of a great show. We're in the middle of March Madness 2021. Who would have thought we would have all these games happening? We got past COVID. We're doing great as a nation, and we're fired up about basketball. I'm going to bring you back to the 2011 year because the Big Ten got nine bids this year. We know they got one team left out of those nine, but the most ever was the Big East in 2011. And did any of those teams in 2011 make the Final Four? They didn't just make the Final Four. UConn won the national title. Oh, man, you got that, bro. <laughs> you got that. Kemble Walker, the step back over Pitts Center. <laughs> I remember that because I saw Kemble Walker play wearing this jersey in Fifth Third Arena in Cincinnati, and I remember getting to watch the national champion play. That was awesome. That was that year. I don't look at you. Other teams made it from the Big East. I'm not sure, but I'll. I know that they won. You were a freshman at Cincinnati, and yep. we used to go to those Cincinnati playoff games every year. Man, that was so much fun. So fun. But yeah, you're right. The Big East tournament. They entered as the nine seed. They pretty much yep. had to win that thing. They win five games in five days to yep. win the automatic bid, and so they defeated four teams that were ranked in the top 25 to get there. So then they go into the NCAA tournament. They get a number three seed because of what they did in the tournament. So they go in as a three seed, go on to win it all. 
they finished the season 11 consecutive ones wins and they become the first team in division one history to play 41 games in a season crazy very interesting mvp was kemba walker they had four players that were four players drafted into the nba off that team you believe that and they it doesn't surprise me the other interesting thing is that in the final, they beat Butler, who was coached by Brad Stevens. And now Brad Stevens and Kemba Walker are together on the Celtics. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, pretty and pretty wild. I mean, I remember that Butler game. It was crazy. So that was just awesome. That was just awesome. And it was a fun year. Kemba Walker was just unbelievable. It was so fun. He took over. He took yeah, over. He really no one did. really knew who he was. And he just took over at the end of the year. And he showed what he could do. Kemba! Yeah. Hey, we hope you love the show. We, you know that we love you. Thanks to Clay Hall for joining us on the Father Son Coast to Coast Hotline. Thank you to Woundwise IQ for sponsoring our trivia of the week, and thank you to Help Me Help Me Startup for sponsoring the T Ross Chug and Chip. If you're interested in sponsoring one of our upcoming shows, please reach out to T Money or me. Next week, we're going to talk about the Final Four, and then hey, the week after that, we're going to start working our way to the Masters. Oh, yeah. All right, it's starting to get springtime out here. Hit the golf ball. Get ready for that. If you're interested in being a guest, just let us know. If you like the show, press the like and subscribe button at Father, Son, and Holy Sport. T-Money, good luck with your picks, man. It's me and you. We're going to go down. All right. Bring it on. I'm interested to see if you and your 13 different Cinderella's make it and all your upset picks. You know, I'm excited for you, but come on, Loyola. Let's just shake this thing up. It's going to be a fun weekend. G-Man, I'll talk to you soon. Roll Tide. All right, see you.